You greet your family? Are you good? For a moment? Sit down. Last several weeks, we've been talking about being free, free to be generous, free to serve. Today, you guessed it, put your love glasses on, yeah, it's free to love. And the opening question that I'm challenging you with this morning is, do you got your your love glasses on? You know, I I have to wear glasses. You know, it's hard for me to say that. You know, it was so nice this morning, I greeted Pastor Ed, and he said, my, Kurt, you're looking really old this morning. I'm like, thank you, young man, how are you? And uh, so now I've got to wear glasses. And, and you know, you guys, I, I, you humored me for a while. I'd be sitting there reading the Bible and, and kind of reading like this. You know, I can see that. There it is. But I have to wear the glasses now. So I can see far away. Pretty good. How are you? Good to see you, Kurt. Uh, I can see pretty far, good far away, but I can't see really close. So the closer I get to you, it gets blurry. That's kind of the analogy that we're going to uh, use this morning is, you know, sometimes there's people like within three foot of us perhaps even sitting next to us, do you see them? Do you really see them? Do you have your love glasses on? The text that we're going to be referring to this morning is uh, 1 John, in case I didn't say that already, 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, uh, I think it's page 863, is that right? 863, 1 John. And uh, yes, the Apostle John wrote Revelation, uh, the book of John, and these two epistles. Okay, 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. Verse 11. And we're going to take a look at love in 3D. By the way, that's what I was trying to give you this morning with the dance. You kind of saw lots of different senses happening, right? You saw it a lot going on. And we're going to talk about the three Ds of how we are free to love one another. And and, uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment. So if you're there, let me tell you a story first, okay? So this uh, past week, uh, my son Curtis and I, and I did ask Curtis, he's somewhere in here, uh, if I could tell this this morning. He said, yeah, dad, whatever, go ahead. That's just, yeah, that's like like most 14-year-olds. He's cool about it. He's cool, right? And uh, so a couple weeks ago, we went to the doctor and uh, they heard a little heart murmur. Okay, a heart murmur can be okay, or maybe it can be something else. And I, I guess I learned what a heart murmur is. Um, you hear a little different sound in the heart. You kind of hear either a whistling or a swishing. And uh, whether it's fast or slow kind of determines what might be going on. And, and so he heard that and said, you know, Curtis, it's probably nothing, probably nothing, but we need to send you to go uh, get tested. So that's where we went this week uh, to go get his heart murmur checked out. And uh, please pray with our family that it is nothing, okay? And, uh, and so we go there to get this heart checked out. I think it's these, these I, I keep getting this wrong. My wife's going to have a problem. Uh, this 2D echo, well, if any of you nurses and doctors, one of those things, right, where they take the little thing and they, they put it on your, you take your shirt off and they put this like little thing on your heart and uh, it, it shows the heart beating. You ever watch your child's, not hear your child's heartbeat, but see your child's heartbeat? Lub-dub, lub-dub, lub-dub. At least that's what it's supposed to sound like, right? But then you hear this switching sound. Now, the interesting thing was, when I was uh, there, I'm sitting on one side of the office, and he's laying on the bed, and she's taking the pictures of his heart and listening to him. I'm hearing really weird sounds coming out of Curtis's heart, kind of like, boop, 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 boop. I'm going, what in the world? The kid plays a lot of video games. Oh, my goodness, his heart sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke, Curtis. All right. So, so after... Um, uh, the test is almost done. Uh, the the uh, woman, who, the technician who's doing the test uh, says, so um, 
Uh, what class are you missing today? Biology. Yay. I'm missing all day. No, you're just missing biology, Curtis. All right. And she said, okay, come on over, uh, uh, Dad. Let's have a little biology lesson. So I, I learned about the coolness of the heart. And, uh, you know, there's four parts of the heart. I right, just give me a second. I'll share it really quick. Here's your biology lesson for this morning. So you guys remember that there's, what, the right atria. And by the way, it looks like a fist, kind of like a fist. And the right ventricle. And the left, I'm probably doing this wrong, left atria and left ventricle. And the blood, actually on the right side, there's like electrical shock. Isn't it amazing how God made us like this? There's like a shock on the right side that uh, causes the blood to kind of shoot through. And uh, then the blood goes out to where? The lungs, right? And it dumps off the carbon dioxide and uh, also picks up that nutrients of oxygen. Then it goes from the lungs back into the heart, and now it comes on the other side into the uh, left atria. And, then it, and this all happens like in a split second and goes out of the heart through the aorta down to your socks. Well, okay, kind of like that, all right? Do you guys know that your heart beats 100,000 times a day? All right, some of us faster, some of us less, 100,000 times. So if you live um, 70 years, about two and a half billion times that heart's going to beat if it's healthy. Love dub, love dub, love dub, love dub, right? And, and I know what's also amazing about the heart, too, is there's, there's amazing circulatory system. All right, I'm just, I was, I was amazed by it this week. So the circulatory system with all these veins and venules and the blood comes down, right? And then it goes back up. It gets filtered, kidneys, kidneys and, uh, and liver. And then the back up through the veins, back to the heart and goes all over again. You know what that whole system is like 60,000 miles long if you spread it all out. Isn't God amazing? 60,000 miles. That means you could go around the earth twice. That's what's all within you this morning as you sit here and listen to me. Love, dub, love, dub, love, dub. Before we go ahead and talk about loving one another, I think it's important we take a look at our hearts. All right, so let me finish the story and we'll go to the text. So we're done with the test. And uh, we get back to the high school, Bullet Creek, and, uh, and we go in there, and the first thing they ask you, so do you have a doctor's excuse? Oh, my goodness. You know how you felt in high school when you weren't prepared? That's how I felt. I was back in high school again because we didn't have one. I'm like, I'm the dad, right? So you can believe me, right? And so, so Curtis, though, pulls out of his pocket, pulls something out here. It's a small piece of paper. You're not going to be able to see it. But he says, um, will this do? You know what this is? picture of his heart, picture of his heart. So, so, so he went ahead and handed her, well, not his heart, but he, um, as an illustration, he handed her his heart. Is that good enough? Is that a good enough excuse? Yeah, that'll do. So in his, his file is a copy of his heart forever, at least until he graduates from high school. Do you have your love glasses on? Okay. And, and our love uh, that's in our heart that God's given us, is it staying in our heart? Is anything messing up that heart? Pastor Ed often tells the staff, he says, guard your hearts, right? Guard your hearts. And in the Bible, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, uh, guard your hearts because your heart is what? The wellspring of your, wellspring of life. Guard your hearts. We have had uh, many different sermons about the heart, but we, I think it's important that we do talk about what's going on inside of us and as the scripture reveals to us this morning, and then what's supposed to come out? Uh, God loved us, and so we're supposed to love one another. Not supposed to. We get to love one another. 
And so please turn with me in your Bibles then to 1 John chapter 3, if you're not there from before, uh, verse 11, and kind of so we can take a look at ourselves, evaluate ourselves, and then have God release us to be free to love one another. Uh, chapter 3, verse 11 reads like this, page 863. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And so like many other sermons before, you've heard it before, love one another, people. Stop hating one another. Love one another. Show God's love to one another. So it's nothing new that I'm sharing today. This is all the way back from the beginning, it says. And you know what he means by beginning? From the very beginning, this was something common. Turn with me to Leviticus 19, Leviticus 19, verse 18. Love your neighbor. Is that something from way back when? It is. Leviticus 19.18. Leviticus 19.18. It says this. If you're not there, I'll read it. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. This is during the time of the Ten Commandments. Don't hold a grudge. Don't get revenge. Love one another. Okay, and just so you know, it didn't end there in the Old Testament. Now we're going to turn to what Jesus said. So turn with me back to the New Testament, Matthew 22, just to let you know that this was from the beginning and carried on. And, and uh, as we go along this morning, we're going to talk about the three Ds, the three Ds of how love is. Three Ds meaning love should define us, okay? Love should distinguish us, and love should direct our lives. Love directs our lives when we know Jesus. So here we see Jesus speaking similarly here. Verse 34 of chapter 22 of Matthew. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, you guys have heard this before, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. What are they? Love God, love your neighbor. And so love should define us. Let me ask you this, does love define Messiah Lutheran Church? I hope so. Yeah, I believe it does. Everything we do is about reaching one more life with God's grace, with God's love. So that's a big yes. It's all about loving God and loving one another. So, so just so you know, though, it, this carried on from the beginning. So from Moses, through a lot of different prophets, all the law and the prophets, through Jesus, and then to the apostle Paul, not just John. See that Bible verse over there? Okay, this is the beginning of our, our everybody debt-free uh, you guys remember that? Raise your hand if you remember Joe, uh, who's the guy? Joe Sengel. Joe Sengel. You guys remember Joe Sengel talking about, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken, licking his fingers and all that? You guys remember that? All right, if you remember it, all right. So right there, there's a Bible verse right there. That's Romans 13, verse 8. It says, let no debt remain outstanding. That's not the whole verse. Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans 13, verse 8. Romans 13, verse 8. Just so you know that this is something that is con to continue to be a part of our lives, loving one another. Romans 13, verse 8. Let me read the whole verse. Let no debt remain outstanding, comma, except the continuing debt to what? Love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law, the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. What? 
Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Apostle John is writing to some uh, people to encourage them. This message this morning, I pray it does encourage you to love one another. You might be challenged by it just like the people then were. During that time, the people were experiencing some other people called Gnostics. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that by the end of the day. But Gnostics meaning knowledge. And these folks thought that the key to life didn't matter how you treated people. You could live your life, eat, drink, be merry, do whatever you want. You don't have to be kind. You don't have to be loving to people. But here's the thing that only matters, just the knowledge, the stuff that's in your head. And if you live in the Spirit and you have this super knowledge, well, then that's your goal. You're saved. So these people, Paul sends them a letter, the Christians there, and he encourages them and lets them know to continue to love one another and expect that sometimes not everybody's going to love you back. So he encourages them with the words that I just shared with you from the Apostle John. This has been from the beginning. This is what should define Messiah. This is, if you're a Christian, love should define you. And so if love defines a person who knows a Christian, then, then what is love? Turn with me to verse 16 of 1 John. We're going to stay back in 1 John now. 1 John chapter 3, we're back there, 863. Verse 16, so if we are to be defined by love, what, what is the definition? Here's the definition. Verse 16, this is how we know what love is. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Love should define us, right? So, so if you're a Christian, how many folks are Christians here this morning? Okay, and if you're not, I pray that by the end of the message you know Jesus too. If you're a Christian and you know this truth about Jesus dying on the cross, and you know the truth that we are to respond and love one another, then you have Jesus in your heart, and you should have love there too, right? That's the logical conclusion. If Jesus is in your heart, there's love. There's no other way about it. There's love there, true love. Not the mushy-gushy, you know, Valentine's Day, yeah, that's fun, chocolates, all that. That's fun. But true love is in you. Every single person who knows Jesus, love is there because Jesus is there. So we're defined by love, but what we're not defined by is what we need to talk about for a moment. Are, are we always loving? Do we always have our love glasses on? Anybody? No, not at all. You know, especially like at, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning, I don't know. We don't always have our love glasses on. And, and sometimes we're like, it's described here, perhaps we're not as bad as this, or maybe we are, as the Bible describes, as John describes about Cain. So we're going to continue to read verse 12. So... If you got God in your heart, Jesus in your heart, there's love. Verse 12, do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. So if you're loving, right, you're a Christian, don't be surprised if the world hates you, verse 14. Verse 14 says, we know that we have passed from life to death because we love our brothers. And anyone who does not love remains in death. And then verse 15 is really striking. My goodness, listen to this. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. I'm not a murderer. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer, no murderer has eternal life. So if I hate someone, I'm a murderer, and there's no eternal life in me. And that has to be true, right? Because Jesus is in my heart. There's love. There's love. 
Sometimes, though, the love glasses aren't on, and we see the example of Cain here. This is what we're not to be like. And I'm going to say this a little strongly in a minute. This is what we're not to be like because Jesus is in our heart. Remember Cain, the story of Cain back in the uh, Old Testament, book of Genesis. Uh, Cain, uh, son of Adam and Eve. Abel, the other brother. Remember this story? And uh, way back there in the garden when those two young were born, uh, Cain took care of the crops. And uh, Abel uh, took care of the, uh, the livestock. One day, they bring an offering to the Lord. And as they uh, bring that offering to the Lord, uh, a, uh, Cain brings some of his goods as an offering, and Abel brings the first part portion, right? God is pleased with Abel, not with Cain. And you remember what, what Cain's sin started to fester in his heart. His acts became unrighteous and evil, and in fact, Satan just started to get a hold of him, and he took his brother out into the field and what? Killed him. He killed him. That's not who you are. Okay? That is not who we are. Jesus is in our heart. Sometimes, though, we're challenged a little bit. You see, Cain was kind of on a slippery slope. I'm sure the jealousy started out, right? You ever been jealous of anybody before? Yeah. You ever felt like, you know what, that person over there, you say things and maybe we judge another person? Maybe we just don't like another person. And I think that, you know what, that's a bunch of baloney. I, like, I don't like them, but I love them. That just doesn't jive. We're not that. You're not that. So Messiah Lutheran Church should, should not be despising other people, speaking poorly about other people, right? Rejecting other people, judging other people, because Christians don't do that, do they? Do they? Well, they shouldn't be. Not when there's love in our heart. You know, if you feel convicted at this moment, I know I do, because I don't always show love to my wife like I should. I don't always speak nicely and kindly and lovingly to my children as I should. Sometimes even at work, I get a little ornery, right, Ed? Yeah, right. And that can lead us down a slippery slope, can it? The evil mastered Cain, and he killed his brother. Now, we've never killed anybody. But that should not define us. And if, if that's where you're at, though, if there's some sin that's been getting a hold of you, you know what needs to happen today? You need to repent. We need to repent and to put those sins aside and say, God, take them. I'm so sorry, God. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to live a life of love because you're in me. Indeed, you can know that as the Bible verse says here, look back at your Bibles again from 1 John there. Because, because of 1 John 3, verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for others. We know that we can be forgiven of those sins. You are forgiven. Know that this morning, you're forgiven. That bitterness, that, those gripes, that thinking that you're always right, it's forgiven. Leave it at the cross this morning. Indeed, invite God's love into your heart once again. You know, oftentimes when we're, we're talking about love, and if love is to distinguish the Christian, right, it defines us, it distinguishes us from the rest of the world if, if we know Jesus. Remember the old song, and they'll know we are Christians by our love. Okay, you forgot it. All right. If you remember that song, when people see you and they see how you act, they see Jesus. They see the love of Jesus. 
You and I are being challenged this morning to put our, our love glasses on. So, so if we're defined by it, we're distinguished by it, then what are the distinguishing characteristics? Oftentimes, a text from the Bible is used at weddings. You know what it is? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. A few books back in the… And, and you've heard this before. Let me ask you, how many of you husbands and wives uh, had this read at your wedding? Raise your hand. Okay. We did not, by the way. We had, we had Joshua 24, 15. Verses 4 through 7. Remember these words? So if, if love distinguishes us, what does it look like, Pastor? I mean, what, what, what would God direct me? What should be coming out of my heart because Jesus loved me? Verse 4 says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil like Cain, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And here's the cool thing. Love never fails. Are you loving your wife like that, dear brother? Are you loving your husband like that, dear sister? Are you loving your children like that? What about the people at work? What about the strangers you don't even know? Hey, do something with me, if you would. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put my name in every word of love from 1 Corinthians 13, so love, and then when it is used. And, and I just want to see how this sounds. And you can, as I'm speaking my name in it, you think of your name in it, okay? So Kurt is patient. Oh, my goodness, I'm in trouble already. Kurt is kind. Kurt does not envy. Kurt does not boast. Kurt is not proud. Kurt is not rude. Kurt is not self-seeking. Kurt is not easily angered. Kurt keeps no record of wrongs. Kurt does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. Kurt always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And Kurt um, never fails. And I, and I guess I fall short. You know, truth be told, I think we all fall short there. But you have that true love of God in you that sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be patient. You can be kind. You can think of others first. And we learn about that in God's Word, don't we? You have the power to love as God has loved because you have God in you, don't you? Sometimes life gets in the way, and as we hear Messiah, you know, our, our vision uh, talks about life issues might be causing us not to love one another. Whether it's a relationship with that isn't as good as it could be between our, our spouse or with our children, or maybe we have finances that are weighing us down. I, I'd love to be more loving, but my life is so stressed out, I can't. And that's when we turn back to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to know that He forgives us and He gives us the power to love. So, do you have your love glasses on this morning? Are you defined by love? Are we distinguished by love? And is love directing every moment, every day, every year from now on? When we look at this, this text here, and then the Apostle John gives an example. You know, he talks about Jesus Christ, verse 16. So this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So God's calling us this morning to be real about the Bible, right? Not just go, oh, Jesus did that, but, but you're real about the Bible. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our life for our brothers. 
And here's an example. Not, you know, it's just one example. Verse 17 says, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him or closes his heart to him, if you want to say it another way, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, not just words or tongue, but with actions and truth. Love is as simple as this. You see a need, and you have the resources or the skills or the love in your heart to meet the need. Somebody has a need, and you meet the need. That's the example given by the Apostle John. Whether that's listening, whether that's caring, whether that's serving, whether it's giving generously. God's inviting us to a really sacrifice, maybe even this holiday season, to, to step out in faith, to step out in risk, and, and perhaps hand our heart to somebody else. Since so that takes a lot of courage and risk, doesn't it? To put ourselves out there, not just Christmas or Thanksgiving that's coming up, but every single day, he loved us, we're to love one another. And so the risk is there, yes it is. But all we need to really know then is that there's a need and there is a need. And sometimes folks say, well, if I, if I knew where the need was at, well, I, I would know how to help somebody. Let me share with you the need in Midland County, all right? Just a couple needs so it's real for us. And if I speak these statistics, that means that there are people sitting in this church right now. The current unemployment rate in Midland, in Midland County, uh, as of March, I'm not sure what it is right now, 11.6%. 11.6%. I'm sure there are folks here this morning who are unemployed and need a job. Is there a need that you can meet? The level of poverty in Midland County, you know what it is? This is amazing. 12.9%. 12.9%. That's as of September. 12, Bay, Bay County, 12%. Saginaw, the poverty level, 22%. Is there a need near us? There is. Let me share with you another statistic. Um, 27%, almost 30% of the, uh, all the students in Midland County are eligible for free or reduced lunches. Is there a need in this community? There is. And is there a lot of folks working to meet that need? Yes, there is as well. But there's a need. Let me share one more need with you. 30% of teenagers, this is uh, by the United Way, by the way, 30% of teenagers surveyed in the Midland County uh, had experienced physical abuse. 29% have been victims of violence. There's a need in this community. Today we're checking our heart a little bit and remembering what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And he's encouraging us to love one another. In your bulletin this morning, you have a red sheet. Can you grab it for just a second? Grab that for a second. Uh, it talks about uh, Messiah having a need for, for food, that things are, are very low, and they are. They are very low at th this uh, time. If God is moving you to be a part of uh, bringing some food, you can bring it here, and you can leave it here at the church. You can uh, leave it out on the counter. But the four greatest needs in this, this county, of course, the greatest need is Jesus. But the greatest needs, at least for, from First Call for Help, uh, First Call for Help is an agency in town that says, okay, if you have a need, go over here. It's assistance. Uh, here's the four greatest things, the greatest needs. Food. It's the greatest need in this community. Can you believe that? In Midland. The next one, you know what the next greatest need is? Help with housing, right? Rent. You know what the next one is? Help with utilities, right? It's going to be cold this winter. You know what the last one is? Transportation. Transportation. There's a need right here. 
and some of those folks are sitting right next to you. And sometimes you have to put your love glasses on to notice them. They're right here. They're right here. When you go home from, to Thanksgiving, this, uh, when you go home, for, and some of us are going home, going to Wisconsin, and uh, as I'm uh, there in, in, uh, in Wisconsin enjoying my uh, turkey uh, dinner and you guys are watching the Lions beat the Patriots, yes, miracles can happen, all right. And, and you sit down to have your, your Thanksgiving turkey meal, you're going to thank God, aren't you? Because you're a blessed people. A lot of blessings. Health, right? all that food on the table, okay? family. There's people who aren't sitting at tables. Okay? They're at Salvation Army this Thanksgiving. They're in different churches. As you're sitting there, I'm not trying to guilt you. I'm just inviting you to love. Remember, there's a need. And if you have the ability to meet that need, it started way back at the beginning, didn't it? God loved us. And then he sent his son, Jesus. Loved us radically, right? You saw a crazy dance up here. That's what that was about, by the way. Uh, a God who pursues us, runs after us, right? Doesn't matter what we've done in the past. That's the kind of wild, crazy, grace-filled God whose arms are open wide like you see the statue of Jesus outside. That's not Terminator Jesus. That's the Jesus with his hands open wide saying, we're not going to judge you here because Messiah is defined by love, Right? Reaching one more life with Jesus, right? Can I hear it? Right. Put your love glasses on. Don't take them off. You have an amazing, amazing opportunity to love somebody. Love your wife first, brother. Love your husband. Start right at your address. Start right at 525 South Homer Road. Yeah, that's my address. Start there. Bring it here, 1550 South Poseyville Road. And then just bring it out. And all God's people are ready to love, saying, 